Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, today we are looking at the life of Samson, which is found in Judges chapter 13 through 16. Here we see that last cycle of the judges being raised up. Verse 1 of chapter 13 says, point number 1, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Point 2, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Now the Philistines were sea people and they lived in the coastal plain of Canaan. The Philistines knew the secret of how to form iron, which brought about the Iron Age. And so they were pretty powerful people. We first get a glimpse of Samson's parents. We learn that they are from the tribe of Dan and his mom was barren until an angel of the Lord appeared to her. The angel tells her she's barren, but she will conceive and bear a son. This also is a repeated theme throughout scripture, a barren woman. God does a miracle through her by giving her a son. Way back in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, after the fall of Adam and Eve, God technically gives the serpent a promise, and that is through the seed of the woman, the serpent's head will be crushed. With new life of a child comes hope that the ultimate Redeemer will come. In the Old Testament, we had Sarah with Abraham. She was barren. Rachel with Jacob. She was barren. Then in the New Testament, we have the mother of John the Baptist was barren. Then Jesus' mother was a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus. Remember, this book really tells one story from Old Testament to the New Testament. This child was going to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God. He was a child of promise. We find the requirements of how to take a Nazarite vow in Numbers chapter 6. Either a man or woman could set this vow. It could be for a specific time or for life. They separate themselves for the purpose of holiness unto the Lord. They do not drink wine or strong drink, they do not cut their hair, and they do not touch a dead body. Here, the angel of the Lord calls Samuel a Nazarite and tells the mom to not eat anything unclean and to not drink wine. In verse 5, we see that the cycle of the judges is explained and that God is bringing forth Samson to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now the angel spoke to the wife of Manoah. Well, she went and told her husband what the angel had said. And he prayed to see the angel so that they would know what to do and how to raise this child. The angel appeared again to the wife of Manoah and her husband was not with her. She ran and got him and brought her hubby to the angel. Manoah asked the angel to stay and eat, and he would not, but he encouraged them to set up an altar and to give a sacrifice unto the Lord. Manoah asked what the angel's name was, and the angel asked, Why are you asking me my name, since it is incomprehensible, or in other words, wonderful, or remarkable? 
And while the offering was given, the angel did wonders, and Manoah and his wife looked on, and the angel ascended in the flame of the altar as Manoah and his wife looked on, and they fell on their faces to the ground. Manoah thought that they'd die because they saw God, but his wife said, if the Lord wanted to kill us, he would not have received our offering, and he would not have shown us these things, nor told us about the things to come. And the woman did bear a son, and they called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. Then verse 25 says, the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan. At this time, Dan was located on the border of the coastal plain on the edge where the Philistines lived, and it was just north of Judah. In chapter 14, verse 1 says that Samson went down to Timnath. One thing to remember that in the Bible, when it says went down, it does not mean that they went south. It means down from the mountain to the plains. In like manner, when we read that they went up to Jerusalem, it doesn't mean they went north. It means they went up the mountain range. While there... Samson saw a Philistine woman he wanted to marry. He told his parents he wanted her. They pleaded for him to get an Israeli wife. He refused. In verse 4, we see that God was orchestrating this, for at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. We see the first spirit-filled mighty act of Samson. A young lion attacked him while he was on his way to see this woman, but he was able to kill the lion with his bare hands. No one saw it except Samson. He didn't even tell his parents. He kept going down to Timnah to see this future wife. This time he went down to get married. The dead lion was there and bees had made honey in its carcass. Remember, Nazarites were not to touch dead things. In their celebration, Samson made a riddle about his experience with the lion and the honey. Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. With the riddle came a bet. If the men at the wedding feast could not answer the riddle, they owed Samson 30 linen sheets and 30 garments of cloth. But if they could figure it out, then Samson owed them 30 of the same. They had seven days to figure it out. They couldn't, so they threatened his new wife to get the answer or they'd kill her family and burn her father's house down. His wife wept and said, You don't love me since you won't tell me. Finally, he gave in. The men answered the riddle, and Samson went down to Ashtalon, another Philistine town. He killed 30 men, took their stuff, and gave it to these 30 men. Samson was so mad that he left his wife, and then he went home to his parents. But a little while later, Samson went back to be with his wife, but her dad gave her to another man, thinking that Samson hated her now, and he did offer his younger daughter... In reaction to this, Samson caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together, put a torch in the knot of the tails, and then sent the foxes into their cornfields, vineyards, and olives. And they burnt them all down. This angered the Philistines, and they burnt his wife, his father-in-law, and her father's house. Samson vows to avenge them, and he kills many of them, and then he says he's done. Then in chapter 15, verse 8 says, 
He then went and dwelt in the top of the rock Edom. Then the Philistines came after him. They went up and pitched their tents in Judah. The men of Judah asked, why are you here? Their answer was that they were after Samson because they want to do to him what he did to them. So 3,000 men of Judah go up and talk to Samson. It's interesting in this cycle of judges that we do not see the Israelites cry out to God, but God sends a judge anyway. In verse 11, it says, The men of Judah say to Samson, Don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? It's as if they had totally forgotten that God had said they could take the land. They were once again enslaved, and this time it seems that they're sort of okay with it. They agreed that the Judaizers would tie up Samson and deliver him to the Philistines. Once the Philistines got him, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. He broke the cords and grabbed a jawbone of a donkey, put it on his hand, and slew 1,000 men with it. After that, he was totally drained and extremely thirsty. He called unto the Lord And the Lord brought him water out of a hollow place, which the Lord had split, and Samson was revived. Then we see in verse 20 of chapter 15 that Samson judges Israel in the days of the Philistines for 20 years. Chapter 16 gives us the infamous story of Samson and Delilah. But first he went to Gaza, a port city of the Philistines, and went to a prostitute. The men of the town planned on killing him in the morning. Well, he got up at midnight and he took the city doors and he took the bars and all, placed them on his shoulders and took them up to the top of a hill before Hebron. After that, Samson met Delilah and he fell in love. The leaders of the Philistines came to Delilah for her to find the secret of Samson's strength. Three times she asked and three times he lied. First, he said, if you bind me with seven fresh cords that have not been dried. She tried it and cried out, the Philistines are coming. And it didn't work. He broke those cords. Then number two, he said, bind me with new ropes that have never been used. So she bound him. She cried out, the Philistines are coming. And he woke up and broke it. It didn't work. Number three, if you weave the seven locks of my hair together and tie it with a pin, that will zap my strength. So she did that, weaved them together, tied it with a pin, said the Philistines are coming, and he broke it, the pin and all. So that didn't work. Then we get that saying again, if you really love me, Samson, then tell me the truth. She pressed him daily to the point to his soul was annoyed to death. And ladies, if you are married, this is not what the Lord desires of us to do. We're not to be a nagging wife. We are not to be a wife that makes our husband annoyed to death. So sometimes in these stories, we see pictures of what we're not supposed to be as well as pictures of what we are supposed to be. He told her the truth, finally, cut my hair because I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. And if I am shaved, my strength will leave me and I'll be like any other man. She realized that this was the truth. So she sent for the men to come for him and they brought money to pay her. 
Then the passage says, she caused him to sleep on her knees and she called for a man and she caused him to shave the seven locks of hair and she began to afflict him and his strength left her. Again, this is not the sort of woman we want to be. In verse 20 of chapter 16, it says that Samson did not know that the Lord had departed from him. That's a sad place to be. You know the story from there. The Philistines came. They bound him with brass cords. They plucked out his eyes. They took him to Gaza and he was put in prison. Then verse 22 gives us a glimmer of hope. However, the hair of his head began to grow back. They decided to parade him as they offered sacrifices to Dagon, their god. Samson asked the young man who had brought him into the court to place him by the two big pillars. Then we see Samson pray for strength one last time, and God does. The pillars come down and kill Samson, but more Philistines died that day on his death than he killed while he was alive. The last verse says that his brethren and the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him where his father was buried. And Samson judged Israel 20 years. So ladies, what are some takeaways from this passage? Did you notice that we do not know the name of Samson's mother? Yet she is so important because the angel came and spoke to her. She was also the bearer of the judge who will help rescue Israel from the Philistines. Secondly, we see that angels are present. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 2, it says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. One time when my hubby pastored a small church in northern Illinois, our church got some very sad news. Some main members who helped with the youth group and they sang and played in the praise band, they decided to get a divorce and to leave our church. We were crushed. This family of six left a huge hole in our church. Everyone was deflated and discouraged. That Sunday night, we had a fellowship meal planned, so we kept heading forward. And that night, we had a couple show up that drove a big rig and parked it in the back of our church. They were wonderful people, and they said as they travel, they like to stop off at various churches, especially ones that have services on Sunday night. Well, after eating, they even let anyone who wanted to to sit in the big rig. And pastor was like a little kid again. I think they got to be on the CB and all oh, tons of stuff. We were all smiling and laughing. And their presence brought us comfort that God was still with us. It gave us courage to keep going. We never heard from them again. And often I think of this verse in Hebrews and wonder if God did not send down his angels that were unaware to us, for they blessed us greatly that day. And then, did you notice that the angel did not share his name? Because it was secret. In other words, incomprehensible, unfathomable, remarkable, wonderful. Ladies, there is a spiritual world that is more real than this shakable world. And it's more beautiful than we can even grasp. 
We need to stop focusing on the world and all of its problems and start looking up to the God who is with us. I also want to take you back to Hebrews for another passage. In chapter 11, we have the heroes of the faith from the Old Testament. What cracks me up is that in Hebrews 11.32, the writer says, And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon and, and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David also and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, brought forth righteousness, obtained promises like the land, stopped the mouths of lions. And then he goes on about other heroes of the faith. And then he says, all these have received a good report through faith, but they did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that without us, they would not be perfect. Ladies, this means that we are a part of their story, and the story is not complete yet. And then in chapter 12, verse 1, it continues, and it says, Therefore, because of this, because of all of these people of faith, and seeing we have such a great cloud of witnesses, all of these people of the faith, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He started the story in Genesis 1-1, and he's continuing the story through us. If Gideon, Barak, and really... Barak, not Deborah, Samson and Jephthah made the hall of faith with all of their numerous flaws. So can we. And it's all because of Jesus who died on the cross, who sacrificed himself for us and paid the price for us so that through him we may have faith and have life everlasting. So ladies, if you hear his voice, Let's not harden our hearts and let's not let our hearts be discouraged. Instead, let's be women of faith who obey and look to Jesus. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening today.